You are listening to You Were Made for This, the podcast to help transform your relationships into the best they can be. Welcome to You Were Made for This. If you find yourself wanting more from your relationships, you've come to the right place. Here you'll discover practical principles you can use to experience the life-giving relationships you were made for. And now here's your host, John Sertalic. Thank you, Carol, and hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 9. In last week's show, I had planned to comment at the end about my interview with Charlie and Ruth Shirley, but Carol thought that would detract from what they had to say. So rather than prattle on, Carol really hates prattle. She suggested I put my comments in the show notes, which I did. At the end of the show, I mentioned that today's episode would be about the four levels of relationship skills, which I've been really looking forward to discussing. But in our production meeting this week on the top floor of our international headquarters here in New Berlin, Wisconsin, Carol suggested we put that off to next week. And instead for today, I should share those observations I had about the interview last week with Ruth and Charlie. I so often really don't know what I'm doing, but Carol always does. So I'm going to trust her judgment and go with her instincts. The more I reflect on that interview, the more it strikes me how it's a wonderful example of what great relationships look like. It illustrates principles that would be helpful for all of us to consider in our relationships. Now, you don't necessarily have to have listened to the interview in Episode 8, but it would be more powerful if you could, if you have not already done so, that is. You can always go back and listen later after this episode, because I'll be summarizing parts of it as we go along today. The interview last week started with me reading a Facebook post from my friend Charlie Shirley that he wrote in September of 2012, and it's about his wife and their youngest daughter. I'll just read what he wrote. It's not long. Charlie writes the following. I absolutely cherish my wife, Ruth. About five weeks ago, she and my youngest daughter were driving back from the East Coast, where they had just dropped off my oldest daughter at graduate school. As they drove west, they passed through Youngstown, Ohio. The city is a special place and holds some of my most cherished memories of my life. Youngstown is where my first wife, Bev, was from and where we got married one bright, sunny September day almost 30 years ago. We went on our honeymoon, and a couple of weeks later, we were back in our home in Dallas, Texas. Tragically, late one Saturday night, Just five months after the wedding, we were driving home from a Bible study. A drunken driver lost control of his truck and broadsided our car. Bev was critically injured and, after lingering in a coma for six days, died from her injuries. The funeral was back in her hometown, Youngstown, Ohio, and that is where she was buried. Several years ago, I was talking to my youngest daughter about Bev and mentioned that if she was ever near Youngstown, to please go by the grave and pay her respects. So Lucy and Ruth found the cemetery and located Bev's grave. The marker was overgrown with grass, and Ruth, ever the gardener, worked diligently to make it tidy. So while Ruth clipped weeds and grass, Lucy snapped the picture. I cried when I saw it, Ruth cleaning Bev's grave marker. So that's the Facebook post that caught my eye, including the photo that Charlie shared. You'll see a copy of the photo at the bottom of the show notes. 
So now, fast forward six years from that 2012 post to late 2018, when I interviewed Charlie and Ruth. I'll summarize the interview briefly, but you can hear it in its entirety in episode eight. I began by asking Ruth and Charlie what the story behind the Facebook post was like for each of them. Charlie started by talking about Lucy calling him at work one day while she and Ruth were near Youngstown, Ohio, in order to get directions to find the grave. That was a bit of a challenge. Anxious to get home from their 1,000-mile road trip, Ruth spoke about initially really not wanting to stop, but she knew it would mean a lot to Charlie and also to their youngest daughter, so she did. Once they finally found the grave marker, Ruth cleaned it up with the only thing she had, her car keys. While she did, Lucy snapped a picture of Ruth cutting weeds and grass from around the grave marker. Ruth talked about how this moment deeply affected her and Lucy, and how they both cried, and how Ruth described it as standing on, quote, holy ground. Ruth also talked about the profound effect this moment had on Lucy. Charlie continued by talking about the shadow that Lucy cast while taking a picture of her mother cleaning the grave marker. He saw a connection in this shadow between Lucy and Bev, as they were both the second child of their respective parents. He summed it up best when he said the point of the story for him was about healing, how what his second wife and second daughter did to honor his first wife brought closure to a tragedy that happened over 30 years ago. That was the interview in a nutshell. I came away from our time together with several important lessons and principles about relationships that would indeed serve all of us well if we practice them in our relationships. So, here's the first one, and it's this. Healing often takes time, sometimes a really long time. It had been over 33 years since Charlie's first wife, Bev, had died. And this graveyard story of a few years ago contributed to Charlie's healing, even though so much time had passed. We need to be patient with ourselves and with others about the time it takes to heal. For Charlie and for some of us, the healing comes from clarifying what our future holds. Charlie mentioned in the interview that at the graveside when uh, Bev was buried that uh, something going through his mind is, what, you know, what, what's going to happen to me? You know, am, is anyone ever going to want to uh, marry me again? Am I ever going to have children? What does the future hold? You know, he had gone through this uh, tremendously significant loss, and what, what does it mean for the future? He mentioned when we talked that he wasn't grieving when he saw this picture of Ruth and, and Lucy at, at the grave marker. He wasn't grieving any longer. But the picture just brought clarity to him because his wonderment back 30-some years ago about what the future would hold somehow came into perspective, somehow became very real to him at the sight of this juncture of, of his first wife uh, Ruth, his second wife, and his daughter. He had the things that he was really wondering if he would ever have. So this tells me that sometimes healing comes faster than clarity. But in the absence of clarity, we can still live well, as Charlie has for the past 30-some years since the death of Bev. We can still live well 
when things are not clear to us, when we don't understand why things happen to us. So that's my first observation or reflection from the interview, namely, healing takes time. Observation number two, it pays to listen well to people, especially to the people closest to us. You know, on the way home from Connecticut to Wisconsin, uh, Charlie's youngest daughter, Lucy, remembered what her dad had said, namely, if you are ever near Youngstown, Ohio. Lucy had a holy curiosity about her dad's past. She asked about Bev. She wanted to know more about her. I suspect that's because she realized that uh, Charlie's relationship with his first wife was a really important part of his life. And her relationship with her dad is really an important part of her life. I love this phrase, holy curiosity. I don't know where I picked it up, um, but I really, really like it. It's not curiosity just to be nosy, just to pry into someone's life. But it's a curiosity born out of, I really care for you. I really care about you. I really want to understand you. And so I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to try to understand what's important to you. That's holy curiosity. Imagine if Lucy had not had this holy curiosity about her father's first wife, Bev. This story never would have happened. And Charlie never would have benefited from this closure that he received from Ruth and Lucy caring for Bev's grave. My third observation is that to care well often will take sacrifice. Boy, I really felt for Ruth in this story. Imagine moving your daughter into a third-floor apartment, all the furniture, all the heavy lifting, on a hot summer day. And then after doing that, to start off on a thousand-mile road trip back home. And then during the thousand-mile road trip, to take a time-consuming detour to look for the grave of someone you never met. Well, that's sacrifice. I was so impressed, not just with Ruth, but with Lucy, too. To care well takes sacrifice many times. My fourth observation is that sometimes the best care happens when we have very limited resources and really don't know what to do. You know, Ruth and Lucy were having difficulty finding the cemetery and the grave, and here's Charlie trying to do a search on Google Google Maps for a place he hadn't been to in years, but they finally they finally found it. They they plowed through that difficulty. And the difficulty didn't stop there. They didn't really have anything to clean off the grave marker. So Ruth used the only thing she had, her car keys. The the picture of her cleaning off the grave marker with the car keys, I find just really touching. You know, she used what the only thing that she had, and that, that didn't stop her. And it was good enough. It wasn't uh, It wasn't perfect, but it was all that she had, and she used all that she had to do something very meaningful and touching for her husband. I, I just find that great, just just very inspiring. It tells me that, that there are times when uh, I may not know, know what to do to care for someone, and so I can only rely on the resources that I have. I can only do what God has equipped me to do. I can only use the tools that God has given me to care well for someone, and that's good enough because eventually— that draws attention more to God than it does to me. And seeing Ruth 
clearing off the grave marker with these car keys is just really about God inspiring Ruth to use the limited resources she had to do something very, very positive and very good and something very healing for her husband. A fifth observation or takeaway from this story is that it's really okay when our first inclination is to not inconvenience ourselves for the sake of another. That's normal. You know, Ruth was very transparent in saying that she felt humbled and guilty about her initial reaction. She didn't want to stop. Well, gosh, I wouldn't have wanted to stop either. Who would? After doing what she did, moving her daughter into a third-floor apartment on a hot summer day and just really wanting to get home. Uh, that's, that's, certainly, that's certainly understandable and certainly normal. But what is beautiful is when we move past our first thoughts, like Ruth did, because we know that we can honor and bless someone if we don't give in to our basic human preferences for convenience. I just find that really, really inspiring and motivating. And man, hats off to Ruth for doing that. Way to go, Ruth. Observation number six is this. God at times uses symbols within events to let us know that he cares for us, that he loves us, and that he is there for us. The symbol I see in this particular story is the picture of Lucy's shadow over Ruth cleaning Bev's grave marker, this shadow. And then to have it covering Ruth uh, cleaning up what others have ignored. Because for Charlie, it actually closed the loop as he put it. And the shadow kind of covers all of it. You know, Lucy's shadow represents the future that he wondered about over 30 years ago. Because he was able to move well through his grief after that tragic event happened, he was able to remarry. He was able to have children, one of whom is casting this shadow now over both the current and former wife. Lucy's shadow connected the three of them to bring closure to this tragedy that happened so long ago. I just find that, um, I don't know, kind of gives me goosebumps in a way thinking about it. To my way of thinking, this shadow is clearly from God in an intimate way to care for Charlie to help bring healing and closure to the significant part of his past. Observation number seven is that we really are all connected to each other if for no other reason than we all come from the same source, God himself. Someday in eternity, we will see all these connections, some of which we don't quite understand in this life. For those of us with a relationship with Jesus, we will see Bev one day, and I bet she will thank Charlie for sharing the story of their 21 months together. She will thank Ruth and Lucy for honoring her that day they cleaned off her grave marker. And all of us will give thanks to the Lord for the relationships he gave us, which if we look carefully enough, we'll see all point directly back to him. And finally, the eighth and final observation from last week is that there are things that God is doing in our lives that at times we just cannot explain. Why did Charlie survive the car accident and Bev didn't? We really don't know. Then there's the feeling of holy ground that Ruth talked about over Bev's grave. It was hard to describe. It was a feeling, as she as she uh, mentioned, but it was hard to describe. We just don't understand it. And then there's Lucy's feeling a sense of connection with Bev, her father's first wife, unrelated to her by birth, 
but somehow related by spirit in ways we cannot explain. Yes, shadows really do connect us, and ultimately they connect us to God himself. Before I close, here's the main takeaway from today's episode, our show in a sentence. We can be agents of healing when we listen well, when we inconvenience ourselves, and when we use the limited resources available to us to care for another. I'd like to suggest a way that we can respond to today's episode, and it's to first of all ask ourselves, how might God be preparing us to be an agent of healing in one of our relationships? And then secondly, where do we need to sacrifice our needs in order to help someone find closure to a difficult part of their life? Next week, we'll be talking about the four levels of relationship skills that I had mentioned earlier. You know, relationships really do require skill. And the good news is that anyone with the right heart can learn those skills if they want to. We'll show you how. And now to conclude today's show with our quote of the week. It comes to us from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that famous German theologian and philosopher. Life only really begins when it ends here on earth, that all that is here is only the prologue before the curtain goes up. Well, thank you for listening in to today's show. I hope you found it helpful. If you did, I sure would appreciate it if you could write a review on whatever app you use to get your podcasts. And we look forward to being with you next week. Bye for now.